Welcome into the Unnamed MMA Podcast. I'm Adam Abdallah. Across from me, as always, Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at WoodOnESPN1000. Look at the tone in your voice. Is already You're already disgusted. It is here, Jordan, the final UFC event of the year. Probably our final podcast of the year. <laughs> what is that? It might be our final podcast over? ever. Because I'm not going anywhere. Well, I'm just saying of the year, there's no more UFC events. Oh, we, we'll still do another one. We'll oh, recap I got, I'm on it vaca- next week. I'm on vacation. <laughs> the, the entire month of December? Next, Not next week. We could do something next week. But uh, other than that, uh, yes, this is the last UFC event of the year. UFC 296. It's going to be great. Every fight on this main card, a couple of the fights on the prelims are great. Every fight on this main card is awesome. With two title fights, you've got Patty Pimblett fighting. You've got, there's so many great fights on this card. The odds might not dictate that a lot of these are going to be close, but that doesn't mean uh, someone could get knocked out or punched in the face um, and change everything. Stylistically and from a matchup standpoint, we've had the head to toe, top to bottom. This fight card is the most stacked card of the year, the deepest card of the year. Yeah. I truly believe it's lacking star power. Patty Pimblett is not at that level yet. He's trying to get up there. A victory over Tony Ferguson will help him continue to evolve as that big-time star. Mm-hmm. But as the headliners and two title fights, no, it's not. it doesn't have, the obviously, the Conor McGregor's, the John Jones uh, of the world, your biggest no. stars. But... This fight card, again, is just very deep. I think every matchup is intriguing. Every matchup, in my mind, has a notable name for most fans out there or someone that they should pay attention to. Uh, so excited to dive into it. Yeah, let's get uh, let's get started here. Our first fight on this main card, Ian Machado-Gary against Vicente Luque. Gary, minus 400, and Luque is plus 285. This should be a great fight. Uh, Luque... Spent a year on the sidelines after his loss last summer, but returned in August. Came back unanimous decision over Rafael Dos Anjos. He's earned stoppages in 13 of his 15 UFC victories so far. And then six UFC starts and 13 appearances for Machado Gary. He's perfect. He's in the top 10. Uh, He's great. He's going to be awesome. He's only 26. Like, this should be a great fight. But, however, Gary is minus 400. Yeah, well, Gary is pegged to be one of the big-time stars. Maybe he'll be a breakout star in 2024. He's looked apart to this point, uh, being unbeaten. There's a lot of noise surrounding him uh, outside of the octagon. Quite honestly, I'm not paying a lot of attention to it. I don't think it matters. Uh, He's a controversial figure. He's a guy that speaks his mind. He's rubbed some fighters, some fight camps the wrong way. But I don't care about that, and we'll get into probably that kind of storyline a little bit later on in the podcast. You think? Bottom line for me is that this is a matchup, and this is a dramatic step up in competition. Look, even though Ian Gary's unbeaten in the UFC, unbeaten in his mixed martial arts career, his highest profile win to date was Neil Magny. And Neil Magny is no slouch. He's he, He's been in there with the best, the who's who of the welterweight division, a very difficult matchup. For any fighter, and Ian Gary looked very good uh, in a unanimous decision victory over him at UFC 292 back in August. But now you go up further, further in line in, in, in competition, in skill set with a guy of Vicente Luque. You talked about his finishing abilities. 17 of his 22 victories have come inside the distance, and a guy that is not going to discriminate whether it's via the knockout or submission. This guy's got unbelievable darts chokes. Uh, he could scramble. Get on top of you, wrap around your neck, and get something. Plus the fact, too, the guy loves to get in a firefight. 
He'll fight you in a phone book uh, and, and, you know, a phone booth, not a phone book, phone booth. He needs a, he's going to need a phone book to get to Ian Gary. And that's one of the very deciding factors in this fight and also the fight that we're, we're teasing with the, the main event. Um, you know, the size and the distance that Gary's going to be able to utilize against Vicente Luque, leg kicks, keep him at bay, uh, is going to be beneficial for, for, for Gary and like what he wants to establish. Adam. Like he's going to be able to establish that distance, establish that jab, mm-hmm. and you know rack up points. You, you do have to ask, at, at what point do the wheels come off of Vicente Luque? A lot of people thought it, it did in the fight previous uh, to his victory over RDA when he got knocked out by Jeff Neal, but... Like I just said, he bounced back and, and looked good. Didn't look great, but looked good enough to get the victory over Rafael Dos Anjos. I, I think, for, for me, it's, it's a tough fight to say that Machado is going get, to you know, get the win inside the distance. I think that if you're believing in that, you're believing more so in what I just alluded to, that the tires are finally coming off of a guy, Vicente Luque. He's been in too many wars, too many firefights, too long of a career in the UFC to continue to take the damage that he has. But I think his veteran savviness, the fact that he's been in there with a better line of competition is going to be an advantage for him to take this fight into the deeper, the deeper rounds, you know, the deeper minutes of uh, of a round two into round three, and truly test Gary if he's this big time prospect. But at the end of the day, I do believe that the skill set, the advantages on Gary's side, he's likely a parlay stuffer for me. He's not one that I'm worried about maybe being one of that one of those four legs that doesn't cash in. So I think it's just safe to say money line play on, on Ian Gary, but too much juice to lay. So you put him into a parlay and try and get that value uh, a little bit higher. All right, we'll put him into our UFC 296 parlay. Uh, some methods of victory for you, Ian Gary by pl- uh, by knockout is plus 160. Gary by points is plus 175. Gary by submission is plus 750. Luke by knockout is plus 850. Luke by points plus 850 as well, and Luque by submission, plus 950. It's hard for me to get on the side of, of Vicente Luque. I think you need that to be up a little bit more to play, to have any type of play, whether it be a finish or just strictly you know on the money line or on points. I, I need a little bit more value there. So if you want value on Gary, I think it's in the points variety. I'm still confident that Vicente Luque is too tough a guy to get out of there. Gary's just going to you know score. He's going to win rounds. Maybe he takes the foot off the gas pedal because, quite frankly, if you look at his career, like, yes, he landed a head kick against Daniel Rodriguez. That was uber impressive. But then he goes three rounds with, with Neil Magny. He needed a bit of a comeback against uh, Song Kanan to, 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 Kanan to, get, to get the victory over him in, in, in the second fight. Gabriel Green, a guy. Three rounds, you know, Damian Weeks, he went three rounds. So a guy that, you know, at least Gary's been a guy that's been comfortable going to the judges' scorecards. All right, our next fight, you mentioned him a little bit earlier. Patty the Batty is back. Patty the Batty, he uh, missed most of the year because he had had to have ankle surgery uh, after UFC 282 after eh, when he probably lost to Jared Gordon, but they're not going to give him a Oh, he lost to Jared Gordon. He lost to Jared Gordon. But he's 4-0 in the UFC, regardless of what we think and what we know. He lost to Jared Gordon, but we'll say Patty the Batty is minus 330 over Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson has lost six fights in a row. This seems to me, Jordan, like a get-right fight for Patty Pimblett to welcome him back to the UFC on the, the year's biggest card, the final card of the year. And then, like we've alluded to before that you wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, makes quick work of Tony Ferguson to see him at UFC 300. Yeah, exactly. I I think that that's kind of the storyline to expect 
with Patty Pimblett. Quite certainly, obviously, Tony Ferguson provides the biggest name that Patty Pimblett would have a victory uh, for. I'm surprised that the odds are not just a little bit even further in favor of Patty Pimblett. Wow. I, I think there, there, there's. A, I'm surprised. I mean, look. I mean, Gary's a bigger favorite over Vicente Luque. Um, and that's a little bit – obviously, we're not talking about – we'll get to it. Shafkat Rachmanov is, is mm-hmm. a huge favorite and you know on this card. But it, it just seems like a guy that – in Tony Ferguson, people are saying that he's done, even though now he's got a new training regimen and he's going to come in maybe in the best shape that he's ever been. We've heard that storyline before. The fact of the matter is the guy has lost six fights in a row. And he's had moments. Like, he, he had a moment in the first round against Michael Chandler – at USC 274, that he looked good. He rocked Michael Chandler, but then Chandler comes back in the second round and lands a front kick and, you know, shuts the lights out. Um, Nate Diaz. I mean, Nate Diaz has not been the same fighter forever, and, no. and Nate Diaz finished him. Yeah. And, and Bobby Green. Like, we, you know, Bobby Green, like, you know, obviously look impressive against Grant Dawson, but then he follows that up with uh, a complete dismantling at the hands of Jalen Turner mm-hmm. at short notice. And Bobby Green finished Tony Ferguson, you know, in his fight. So, I think the UFC is setting this up. They know that a lot of uh, eyeballs are going to be on this fight card. They need Patty Pimblett to look good, and I think this is the, the perfect fodder. So I'm also confident that he's going to go into my parlay. Bang. I, and I think I, I love Tony Ferguson, but he, just too many times now during this loss, this losing streak where he's he's been submitted, he's been finished, and I think Patty Pimblett's going to smell the blood. So to, to, <laughs> to add value to Patty Pimblett, Showcase fight for him inside the distance for me. I'm not going to curry favor either way on the knockout or the submission. Okay. I think, but I but I do believe Tony Ferguson gets finished. All right, uh, as you mentioned it, Pimblet by points plus two twenty, Pimblet by submission plus two fifty, Pimblet by knockout plus three fifty, Ferguson by points is plus six hundred, Ferguson by knockout is plus six fifty. Will the fight go the distance? No, is minus one seventy four. But we're going to put Patty Pimblett, Patty the Batty, into our parlay along with Gary, Ian Machado, Gary, right now. I mean, there is there, there is the thing, though, and I've heard a I, lot of people talk. I do like him a little bit by submission. Okay. So as opposed to just inside the distance. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm not laying 175. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's 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 inside that's the distance shocking. minus one seventy five. What were you gonna say? Sorry. What I was gonna say is I, I've had a lot of handicappers that, that I speak to look at it on both sides and actually just fight doesn't go the distance because okay. believing that you know look there were, there were times that Patty Pimblett got got hit by uh, by Gordon mm-hmm. uh, and he's got some leaky defense and Tony Ferguson the one thing that he still has is power he still has the ability to shut people's lights out and to change the direction of a fight. And I would, the case example is like dropping Chandler in that fight. Although Chandler gets dropped like basically in every fight and comes back and like knocks <laughs> people out usually. But um, there is a little bit of it. Uh, if you're on the Ferguson side, maybe to play it safe, not just go fully in on Ferguson, but just believe that the fight doesn't go to the judges' scorecards. Uh, and, and then you have a little bit of value or, or play in Tony on the Tony Ferguson side. All right. I, I just feel like with all the time that, that Patty's had off that he is going to be more focused and like realize that he got into a fight with you know Jared Gordon that he didn't win and now he's going to come back and just make quick well, work. Well, he needs to. I mean, yeah. he, look, come he, back, make quick work, get the sub. I feel like if it's, it's a sub more than a knockout the way his style kind of goes in these his first four fights with uh in the UFC, so I feel like he's going to go sub 
and so I will sprinkle a little bit on the submission by at plus two fifty. Okay, okay, I, I I get that. I'm not going to recommend that, but that's your side, that's your play. Just because I think Tony Ferguson is great, still got a very dangerous guard. He's still mm-hmm. active in, in hunting for his own submissions. Uh, so it's not the first one we're going to disagree on. I feel like, I, of course not. Which is we're teeing it up for the main event. But yeah. go ahead, that's fine. All right, All right our next fight. I don't Shav- think we're going to disagree on this one. No, no, no. Shavkat Rachmanov against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Uh, you've got Rachmanov who is 17 and 0 and an astonishing 100% finishing rate. This dude does not like going to the judges' scorecard at all. And uh, Stephen Thompson uh, is 40. And he is plus 450, and Rachmanov is minus 720 to win this fight. I look, I get the fact, and I understand why that the odds are, are currently as they are constituted. Because of Stephen Wonderboy Thompson's age, the fact that Shafkat Rachmanov, I, I think, I'll put it on right now if I can, he's going to be the champion of the welterweight division by the end of next year. Ooh. Okay, I think that he's going to steamroll. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, and the path to victory is takedowns. Everything that we've known about Stephen Wonderboy Thompson has been his inability to take uh, keep fights from standing, uh, and he just is, is not going to be able to have worked on his grappling, his takedown defense, and the ability to get up from uh, being taken down in the span that, that he did. And look, he looked great against Kevin Holland. Like, I'll give him that. Kevin Holland uh, you know, got into a striking matchup with, with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and, and lost. I don't think that Rachmanov is going to play that game at all. He's going to be smart about it. Um, you know, look, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson wants one last-ditch effort at, at becoming welterweight champion of the world. Well, how do you do that? You take the fight against the guy that no one wants to take the fight against yep. in, in Rachmanov. So, uh, I, I really believe that we're going to see the coming. This is going to be the coming out party uh, for Shavkat Rachmanov. Uh, and, and he is a guy that is either going to be fighting, uh, you know, the winner of the main event for the welterweight title or perhaps our boy, Bilal Muhammad, for the welterweight title. Because Bilal's next. Bilal's next uh, for, for the winner of, of the main event here at UFC 296. But I think after that, you know, it's going to be Shakov Rachmanov waiting in the wings to challenge. Uh, and the, there's a reason, guy. He's a, he's got a 100% finishing rate. Yeah. So, actually, I'll go a step further not because Rachmanov minus 600 not worth it even inside the distance. I think he's going to get a TKO finish. I think I'm going to see a, gro- a ground and pound wow. finish of, of Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. All right. So, you're going to get Rachmanov by submission at plus 140, Rachmanov by points at plus 250. And what you're recommending is Rachmanov by knockout at plus 330. Plus 330. But, okay. again, it's not going to happen on the feet. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is going to be taken down. He's going to be controlled. And then Rachmanov is going to start landing the ground and pound. Uh, so I think that's the path to victory. Rachmanov, even though, again, 100% finisher, you know, at one point, you know, you don't you stop to do that. But I think this is, again, coming out party for him. Take advantage of the fact that he's going to be facing a former title challenger, two-time title challenger in Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, and he gets the finish in this fight. All right. And should we stuff him into the parlay at minus 720 or no? Yeah, you can because I okay. of all three of those fights, you know, I think that he's the, the really most likely much, to win, okay. and the odds indicate that. All right, it doesn't do much for the parlay; it's just a little added value for us right there. But we'll also sprinkle a little bit on Rockmanoff by uh, knockout at plus three thirty. Our co-main event for the flyweight title: Brandon Royval against Alexander Pantoja. Pantoja got the uh, title with a split decision over Brandon Moreno at UFC two ninety. Back when uh, we were doing International Fight Week, he's won four straight in eight of his last ten. Whereas Royval, he's been 
you know, in title contention here and there. He's got a shoulder. He had a shoulder injury, um, and then he's been fighting pretty well since then. So he is plus 160, the underdog, and Pantoja is minus 205 for this co-main event, the first fight, the first title fight of the night for the Flyway. And a rematch. A yeah. rematch. These two guys fought a couple of years ago. Pantoja won via submission. Two and, years ago, though. Two years ago in, in the second round. And, yeah, look, I, I, I'll, I'll say this. Brandon Royval, not the same fighter. He's definitely matured. He's definitely improved. And we've seen that play out with his three-fight win streak. Uh, and he's a finisher. This guy was pegged as potentially a future champion when he was coming into the UFC. A lot of people were high on him and his just craziness and his scrambling ability and the submissions that he throws off. And, and right out of the gates, he is on fire. The thing about it is that he, he's, he's fighting that fighter in Pantoja, mm-hmm. but more evolved everywhere. More <laughs> evolved everywhere. Pantoja, also a guy, was going to be a future champion. Was pegged, finally got that opportunity. I'm sure he's thankful of the fact that he's not standing opposite Brandon Moreno, who is actually the uh, the backup for the, for this fight yeah. uh, as well. So he's on standby, uh, potentially, if Royval or Pantoja can't make it to, to the scale or through the scale. We're recording this uh, on a Wednesday afternoon. But I think this fight is going to be a mirror image of the fight that we saw Two years ago, I think Pantoja is going to win. He's going to get a back take at some point during the scrambling and the craziness of Royval, and he's going to choke out Brandon Royval. So Pantoja to win inside the distance via submission in the under. All those plays are in fact. I think Pantoja is special. I think he, there's a reason why he's the champion, and he also showed the ability to go five rounds if he needs to go into deep waters uh, and be taken there. His cardio is, is strong. We don't know if that exists for Brandon Royval, but I think we're getting a very, very quick fight in this one, probably likely in the second round as it, as it, as it resulted in the last time that these guys fought. All right, so if we look at that, you're getting Pandoja by submission at plus 145, Royval by knockout at plus 360, Pantoja by knockout at plus 440, Pantoja by points at plus 650, and Royval by points at plus 750. But you're saying Pantoja by submission, plus 145. I, I like it. I think, again, mm-hmm. he's he's probably got the best back takes we have, not, in, not only in the flyweight division, but in the UFC. And when he gets a hold of your back, he either controls you for the round or he gets in that submission. I think he's going to get the submission. So I like him to be, and still, UFC flyweight champion of the world. All right. All take right. A, take a deep breath. Let's do it. The main event for the welterweight title. Leon Edwards, minus 160. Colby Covington, plus 125. Colby Covington hasn't fought since March of 2022. You say, was he injured? No. He's just sitting on his couch doing nothing, being a jackass. Edwards has fought a ton. And uh, he retained the title of the majority decision over Kamara Usman back in March in uh, UFC London 286. And since then, he's been getting ready for this fight against Colby Covington. Let me say that again. Edwards last fought in March of this year. Colby Covington hasn't fought since March of last year, of 2022. Just sitting around wearing his dumb red hat. Anyway, Jordan, how do you see this one? Well, yeah, he does have a dumb red hat. Okay, I'm not arguing that. And he's a schmuck. Uh, don't like his. He's a bo- fucking asshole, don't, dude. Don't like his. No, no, just say it. He's a fucking asshole. He's a dick. He's an asshole. He's an asshole. I don't like him. And and just so you know, and this is what I'm hoping happens. 
Bilal Muhammad is the backup for this fight. Bilal Muhammad has been ready to getting ready to fight Colby Covington since March of 2022. Okay, and he is the backup for this fight. And I'm hoping that I'm not hoping injury for anybody, but I'm hoping something happens to Leon Edwards and he can't fight. And then oh. so Bilal Muhammad can go beat the shit out of Colby Covington. Okay. So anyway, give me your pick. You'd rather you'd rather have Bilal beat the shit out of him for not the title. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Well, because here's the problem. He could sit out for another year and a half. Not if he's the champ. Why not? He was way... Well, okay, I'm not... I don't know why. He's, a, he's, a, he's an asshole. I like him to win the fight because he's, he's stylistically... How he dare you? Up better How with dare him. you? What? How dare you? What's more... Sometimes you just go with... You just... I don't care about your analytics and all your stuff <laughs> and your, your numbers and whatever and what you see. I don't care about all that. This guy's a fucking dick. And you pick against him. That's why. That's why. That's, that's why. why. Look. Because I'm not. I am legit. There's no way that I bet Kobe Covington. There's no way in hell that I bet Kobe Covington. I'm not going to be profitable off of him. No way. Well, I, look, I want to just be profitable. Profitable. And I'm responsible for other people to be profitable. Yeah. So in, in my due diligence, in my analysis of the fight, Kobe Covington, his cardio... His pursuit of takedowns, the fact that Leon Edwards has struggled with guys that are grapplers, he fights off of his back foot, and albeit that he's going to have the size advantage, he'll have the power advantage, he's the defending champion, confidence is going to be soaring high because of his miraculous victory over Kamaru Usman and then subsequent title rematch and win over Usman, but I believe that like his knees were shot. He wasn't the same type of fighter mentally coming into that fight. He wasn't right. Kobe Covington, if he fights a Kobe Covington fight, should win this fight because he will take over in the later rounds. He will control Leon Edwards on the ground and likely win a unanimous decision on the judges' scorecards if it happens. But Look, Leon Edwards, I'm sure, has been working diligently on his takedown defense. He probably has brought in a bunch of wrestlers and a bunch of guys, being the champion, be able to understand that that's what Kobe Covington's going to do. He's not going to – he's Leon Edwards is not going to be threatened by Kobe Covington striking because Kobe Covington is pillow fists. So there's nothing to worry about with that. But the fact remains pillow is that fist. Leon Edwards, outside of Kamaru Usman, has not fought a grappler ever. Has not He did against Bilal Muhammad. But that fight lasted, what, 30 seconds until an eye poke stopped it from happening. Yeah, and they so, still haven't had a rematch. There you go. That's bullshit. But bottom line for me is I don't care about a dude's political views. I don't care about a guy's if he's an asshole, he's a schmuck, he's a dickhead, whatever. Financially, I'm responsible for telling you who I believe is going to win the fight. And a Kobe Covington who started out, this was a pick now he can be had for plus 140 at FanDuel. You invest in Kobe Covington because stylistically, this is a favorable matchup for him. All right. Edwards by points is plus 155. Covington by points is plus 240. Edwards by knockout is plus nine, plus 390. The Dick by knockout is plus 700. Co- uh, also, the Dick by submission is plus 1100. And Edwards by submission is 15 to 1. I don't see the Edwards submission by 15 to 1. I don't see a Colby submission. It's really Colby. Colby by points or Edwards uh, inside the distance or Edwards by knockout would be probably the two if you want to add flavor to uh, yeah. a little bit of juice to, 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 to a sprinkle to, uh, to either one. But again, like, look, it is a matchup that Colby Covington has been preparing for. He's going to have several advantages in the fight. Okay, but he hasn't fought in two years. We talk about rust all the time. The dude has been, has been. I know he's training or whatever, but still, he hasn't. Been, he hasn't seen physical combat 
Other than, didn't uh, Masvidal try to beat him up in Miami? <laughs> beat him up in Miami. That's the only physical combat <laughs> yeah. he's had in two years, yeah. Jordan. And that's what he's saying is preventing him also from getting into a fight. It's all, oh, he's okay. got to work on his well, eye. Whatever. Yeah. He got sucker punched. I hope he gets punched in the face like 10 times. All right. <laughs> that's our preview. <laughs> Anything in the uh, prelims that you lot, like? There's a lot. To, there's a lot in the there, prelims. I mean, look, because all the matchups, uh, I guess, are, are, are very good. So one I'll throw out there. There's not a lot of underdogs I do like on, on the card. Mm-hmm. But the one I do like is Cody Durden over uh, Tagir Ulenbekov because Ulenbekov has struggled with a guy that is right in your face, constant grappling, strong cardio for three rounds. We just saw that guy fight Tim Elliott. That's the last guy that Ulan Bekoff lost to. He struggles with that. That's who Cody Durden is. He's cashed as an underdog before. He's not going to be intimidated by the spotlight and the and the shine that Ulan Bekoff has. So Cody Durden right now at plus money, I like. All right. Uh, anything we should add to our parlay? We've got Ian Machado, Gary, Patty Pimblett, and Shavkat Rachmanov at uh, those three fights pay out minus 117. Friend of the show, Dustin Jacoby. I, I don't say. think he's going to be threatened by the power of Alonzo Menafield. He should outpoint him All and right. just keep himself at distance. And then, you know, Casey O'Neill, I think, was fed uh, to the Wolves a little bit too, too, too soon. J- Jennifer Maya humbled her, but she should have a decisive advantage over Ariane Lipsky, the queen of violence. Great name, but I think Casey O'Neill also uh, a pretty – respectable favorite. So if you add O'Neal and Dustin Jacoby, that's a six-leg parlay, a lot of riding on it, but it should mm, get us Five good, legs right now. Five legs. Yeah, okay, five should legs. should get us plus yeah. money. Yeah, so right now if we add that, so you've got Casey O'Neal, Dustin Jacoby, Shavkat Rachmanov, Patty Pimblett, Ian Machado-Gary that pays plus 277. So almost plus 275, almost plus 300. It's good. I like that. The other picks... Uh, Durden at plus 135 on the money line. Rachmanov by knockout at plus 330. Pantoja by submission at plus 145. And then Jordan likes Kobe Covington. I do. Not to win the fight. Not as a person. Just saying. Not as a personality. No, you're putting your money on him. I bet on the Bears. I like the Bears. Just saying. This Sunday you like the Bears? I do. You do yeah. you think they're going to Cleveland, the House of Horrors? I'm, I, mean, I hope that it, House of Horrors, what? It was two years ago. <laughs> House of Horrors, what? They what other storyline are we going to go with? They had three. They had they had they had half an offensive lineman. One half. One half of an offensive lineman out there for that game. This is a completely different team. I'll wait till it gets to three and a half, and then I'll probably take it. But three, eh, three and a half. Okay. I'm not saying they can win, but I'm going to bet them. Okay. Because I like them. <laughs> Gotta wait for the fat check to tell me who to bet on for the NFL. Well, yeah, of course. You get all the picks at fatcheckSports.com. I'm, I'm surprised he's gonna let you pick this one. Uh, fatcheckSports.com for all of Jordan's picks. Of course, NFL, uh, the college football playoff is coming up. He's got all the bowl games picked for you as well. NBA, college basketball, everything there at fatjacksports.com, as well as Jordan's great, amazing picks, except for one. <laughs> I just we we spent two years shitting on the dude, and now you're gonna pick him to win? Cause he's plus money. Okay. He's plus money. I like money. I, t- I said that to someone yesterday, and I lost. So, <laughs> I, no, I was on Monday. Technically, it was the Monday night game. Which one? Oh, Monday? I bet the Packers money yeah. line. I, I lost. I fucking and, hate the Packers. And so was and like, I how could nice you bet the Packers? Pool. And I was like, I like money. Yeah. And then they lost. I had them in a parlay, so I just needed them to win. I didn't need them to cover the six. And then they lost. So. I'm not saying I hope you lose money. I just hope Kobe Covington loses the fight. Okay. I'm not gonna look. I'm not gonna be ashamed. I'm not gonna be sad if Kobe Covington is knocked out. I mean, I'll be sad for the hundred dollars uh, that I'm betting on him. But outside of that, okay, good. We wow. can move on from this schmuck. 
But don't you want to see him fight Bilal? Like, as much as I want to see Bilal get an opportunity to rematch Leon, Leon Edwards sucks as the champion. I know, I know. I want Leon Edwards removed. He's boring, I know, I get it. And look at at who the champions are right now. Like Sean O'Malley, Sean Strickland. The second that fight is announced, we're getting Bilal on. Like, the second it's announced, we're getting it on, we're getting Bilal on, and we're going to talk to him because, like, there's a lot of emotion in that fight. Like, he hates, he hates him more than I hate him. Like, he actually gets to punch him in the face. I wish. Yeah. So I could go back in time and train as a UFC fighter just to be a welterweight so I could punch Colby Covington. Oh, man, Covey you'd be a really undersized in, welterweight. I would be. You, I'd be a very... Well, no, how tall is... Uh, actually, no, you're right. Yeah, Colby's, Colby's not that tall. And how Leon, tall is... Leon's a taller... Uh, how tall is, is Bilal? How tall is Bilal? Yeah. I don't know how tall Bilal is. Let's see. What, what He's 170. All right. 5'10". All right, 5'10", 170. All yeah. right. I'm like 5'8", 160. Okay, so I mean, I guess I I could put on ten pounds of muscle and get to welterweight and just be a short. Spend a year in the gym. Just be a short welterweight. (laughs) All right, that's our preview of UFC 296. It should be great, regardless of the outcome. Hopefully, he loses. But regardless of the outcome, I've never. I don't think I've ever been this fired up on the podcast before. You are really. I feel like I'm taking personal shots, but we all know he's an asshole. He is a dick. Yeah, I feel like it's different. Like with like we just he's he's objectively an ass like that to everyone <laughs> so uh make sure you uh download this podcast subscribe all that good stuff we really appreciate it thank you guys for listening all year uh to the unnamed mma podcast we'll have a recap for you next week of this great card ufc 296 and then next year should be good this is the last card of the year for the ufc so thank you for listening all year we really appreciate it he's jordan sherwood follow him on twitter at wood on esp 1000 i'm adam abdallah you can follow me on twitter at adam a abdallah and we'll talk to you next week for another episode of the unnamed mma podcast thanks for listening